Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Mel, and this is episode number five. This episode has taken me all the way from my small town north of Adelaide, across the Nullarbor, into Perth, where I'm chatting with Alex from AOK Physio and Pilates. This conversation was prompted by a story Alex recently posted on social media about the processes we take through healing, both the physical, the mental, just everything involved with rehab. This conversation is really important for both patient and practitioners to understand valued-based rehab and just how to have a fun and inspiring rehab journey. We all know that being in pain isn't a lot of fun, but the rehab journey can be. So tune in, let us know what you think. And as always, I will tag Alex in the show notes and let us know what you think. Enjoy. Part of the whole reason that I wanted to do this podcast is I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing um, obviously a little bit about their philosophies and why they do things, but I think it's really important finding out the steps in which they took to get there. Um, And so I know for myself, I'm an exercise physiologist uh, with a human movement undergrad. And when all of my cohort went off and did physio, I was like, ah, no, I'm not going to go and do that. So what made you decide to be a physio and or why? Um, I think so. I had a really good experience as a teenager with a physio. I was a dancer for my whole life Mm -hmm. and I injured my back and um, I just remember like the rehab process was really fun and I, I, I trusted the physio and I um, felt he introduced me to Pilates. Um, so that was kind of like always in the back of my mind, like, oh, that, that looks like a cool job. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it and went and did dancing um, for a while. And But it was always in the back of my mind, like, yeah, yeah, I'll go do this dancing thing and then I'll go back and do the science thing. I'll do that later. I'll just ride this dancing way for as long as I can. Um, what did that so, look like? I did dance at a specialist high school. So I did mm-hmm. dance and ballet as like sort of part of my high school subjects. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Victorian College of the Arts, which is part of the University of Melbourne and did a three-year Bachelor of Dance degree. And then just stayed in Melbourne. I actually didn't really pursue dance too much afterwards. I was a little bit um, over it at that point mm-hmm. <laughs> and started uh I did a couple of independent projects, but then started working hospo and wanted to earn some cash and travel. Uh, so that's what I did for a few years after my dance degree. Um, so it was kind of during those travel years that I was like, oh, maybe it's time to go back and do something a bit more productive. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, um, I knew that I wanted to go back to study physio, but I knew that if I was working hospo, I probably wasn't going to be studying as well as I could. And so I added an, an extra year at the beginning to get my Pilates qualification so that I could teach Pilates while I was studying physio. And that worked very well because it meant that I got to kind of be with people moving right from the beginning and sort of practice those skills and that communication and um, sort of movement assessment right from the very start of that physio degree, which was super cool. Yeah, I think it's something that's missing from a lot of our allied health degrees is that patient care very early on and I know that they're sort of um logistics obviously and legalities that come into place when you put someone next to a patient but um 
just that rapport building, the understanding of the human body is such a vital thing. So can you talk a little bit on, so what did you do to your back? How did you injure yourself? I, when I was a teenager, I used to do, like, I did ballet, did jazz, did contemporary, and I specifically remember, like, yeah, I'm going to do acrobatics. But I did not have probably the strength or the flexibility to really do that. So just um, looking back, it's like, I can't remember getting x-rays. I wonder whether a physio friend was like, I reckon maybe you had like a pars, um, a pars fracture, but I, yeah, I stuffed my back doing too many back bends and then I'd hurt my back and I'd go to the Cairo and feel better and then I'd go back and do the back bends and then I was just in this cycle. Uh, so it wasn't really until it got pretty bad that, that I couldn't dance that we went to the physio and they sort of put me on like a exercise rehab situation. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, just, and then I just kept dancing. Um, so, but it wasn't until sort of yeah. later that I was like, "Oh, this this extension movement, my body doesn't really like trust that very much. I wonder whether that like relates back to that original injury." Wow, that PTSD sort of thing, which kind of leads in what I want to talk about, but I still want to stick on this for a moment. Yeah. So you just said that you know the physio made it really fun for you. What aspects of treatment were fun? The movement. Mm-hmm. So he had a couple of like reformer Pilates, kind of like before Pilates was the, I guess the mass fitness craze that it is now. Um, and I was like, oh, this machine is super fun. And because I was not able to do my dance classes at the time, this was a way for me to move and feel my body working hard in a safe way mm-hmm. at that time. So I was like, okay, awesome. I get to go to physio. That's where I get to feel my muscles work and and work on my flexibility and stuff. So it felt like I could still be moving forward, even though I had to sit and watch my dance classes while everybody else was doing all the fun stuff. At school. <laughs> Isn't that the way of life though? Not, like, you do the fun stuff. I'll just sit on the sidelines. Yeah. So then coming, so you then, you know, went off and pursued your degree in dancing didn't think that there was longevity in it, went back to physio. Um, Like we just sort of touched on, it's really difficult for allied health, physio, ex-phys, chiro to get that really hands-on experience in the beginning, which you had. So then was it a big transition for you going from allied health degree into clinic or did you already have a pretty clear path that you wanted to take in terms of client treatment? Um. My pathway has definitely veered left, I guess, or like done a little bit of like a U-turn even. Because I remember... A zigzag? A zigzag. Oh, yes. Let's draw some geometry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think if I, when I originally sort of thought of the physio plan because of my dance background, I was like, yeah, I'll be a dance physio. That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't realise the spectrum of conditions and people that physios get to work with. Mm-hmm. So when I got to uni, I was like, what? I can work with people after they've had a stroke? That yeah. sounds really rewarding. Or like, what? I can be in an ICU? Like that was sort of, that really blew my mind that there was all of these different places that I could be within the same role. So I actually went into public health first after I graduated. So I was really lucky to get a job at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and I was Mm -hmm. there for two years 
as a rotating grade one. Mm-hmm. So I got to like change roles across the hospital settings um, every four months. So that was so cool to be able to like just build this big range of skills and to see people across this huge spectrum of of pain and abilities and goals. Um, got to work with a huge multidisciplinary team. So really got to appreciate other allied health roles and how they help people as well. Yeah. But then alongside that, I was still teaching Pilates. Outside <laughs> <laughs> of my job, so I kind of had these like two jobs and plus sort of teaching workshops and stuff. So I was like, if I'm going to do all of the things that I love, I'm going to need to find a different way because this is, I'm going to burn out if I keep doing them in these separate silos. So my trip overseas was kind of a way to, I guess, experiment with, can I, can I build something where I get to do all of the things that I want to do kind of in the one spot. So where did you go? I went to Kuwait in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. So I got a job. How did that come about? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So everyone in Melbourne was kind of buying houses and having babies. (laughs) Let's get the fuck out of here. Yes, yes, yes. So we, um, a friend of mine who I studied Pilates with in Perth, she 10 years ago had worked in Kuwait um, and she found out through my mum who was seeing her for physio that I was looking for an, an adventure physio role. And she was like, oh, do you want me to put you in contact with the people that I used to work with in the Middle East, I had a great experience and I was like, mm, okay, yeah. So just emailed them, emailed my resume and then they were like, okay, cool, see you in August. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we're going to Kuwait. Um, Did you so, know anything about the Middle East or Kuwait? No, no, we didn't. And we did a bit of research and we were like, oh, looks like we should probably get married before we go. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. <laughs> then, um, so yeah. We had what a romantic proposal. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you know us, you know that we're, we're a very practical couple and yeah. you know, that made sense, that made sense for us to yeah. be like, oh, well, this is a logical step. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <Tick>. <laughs> um, and it did make life a lot easier to be mm-hmm. able to go. Yep. Legally married. Let's yeah. do the thing um, in that space. So what year was that? Um, we left Melbourne in June 2018. Cool. Yeah. So what was different, like obviously coming from the public setting in Australia and Melbourne, um, ver- like for, for those of you listening, I mean, Alex, maybe you can shed a little bit of light of what it was like working in um public system in Australia versus then yeah moving to the Middle East what sort of things did you move into over there yeah I was thinking about for us yeah I was thinking about this this morning so like in my public health role um particularly for the last sort of nine months I was in an acute ward um working with like very unwell people in a big team with doctors and OTs and nurses and I remember like, are we I talking sort of like cancer? Are we talking um, stroke? I worked, are we talk- I worked the last few months I was on a gastro ward mm-hmm. um, and then also like a hip fracture ward specifically for geriatric elderly people. So heavily involved in like complex discharge planning and helping people get to rehab as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just like what I was doing with my body, I used to clock up like 10,000 steps well before lunchtime, just like hustling, hustling on the ward. 
And then this first private practice day that I went there, it was like old school physio. You're in your office for eight hours a day. There was like a little gym, quotation marks downstairs. That was pretty sad. Swiss um, ball, couple of like oh, pink and blue yeah. dumbbells. Pink and blue dumbbells. There was a reformer. Um, there was a squat rack. There was a cable machine, but like, mm-hmm. the, you know, the carpet hadn't been changed for like 20 years. And mm-hmm. there was not like minimal sunlight. There. I can Nobody smell it. Down there. Yeah, correct. It wasn't an inspiring space mm-hmm. to take people. Um, and that, that, the culture of that clinic was book people in three times a week for their massage and their dry needling. Um, I guess helping people, like exercise wasn't a big conversation amongst the people that were coming to that clinic um, and it wasn't really pushed as a value from higher up either. So we weren't a great fit values wise and that became clear after Mm -hmm. several months. Um, In the meantime, I'd been lucky enough to meet another Australian physio who was living in Kuwait. She was working at a gym um, and she was setting up like an allied health wing, I guess, of that company. So I um, approached her and her, the people she was working for and I was able to change um, positions and go and work with her. So that was then in like a four story big gym, like so much gym equipment. It was crazy. Um, lots of sunlight looking at the ocean, but also a beautiful physio room, two fully equipped Pilates studios, a, like a private rehab space. Um, and so it was really like, okay, cool. Let's, I had some freedom to, to spend more time with people and I had a lot of options of where to sort of support them with movement goals, which is really my jam. Yeah. So how, in, how important is it to have an inspiring rehab space? Um, did you notice a difference in your quality of treatment, in the quality of rehab, as in the patient experience? Definitely. Um, So a few people sort of from that original clinic came with me um, Mm -hmm. and I guess it was, it was an easier sell because just the environment was nicer to be in. Mm -hmm. It was, um, you know, sunshine, open space, plenty of options. Um, If people are sort of new to exercise, they're already coming up a lot of barriers within themselves to get started. Mm -hmm. So if, I, as the clinician, am also like sort of just looking around for how to create something, an exercise set up for them. It's like another barrier. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I can be like, cool, you don't want to do this. Let's do this one. How about like just so many options? You can be the like, confidence. yep, exactly. I hear you about that as a barrier. How do you feel about this? Don't want to do that. How do you feel about this? So it's just easier to find the thing that fits them mm-hmm. and their goals when there's more options available. Absolutely. So when you have more options available, when you've created, well, you haven't created, but you've walked into this space that, again, we're going to keep coming back to this word, is inspiring for rehab because let's face it, rehab can be super boring and monotonous. What are the other expectations that come with um, injury or seeing a physio is it the sort of thing so in Australia we have you know the EPC where it's like cool five visits 
fix me. <laughs> so what are the expectations when you have someone walk into this space as a um, rehab patient for their rehab and injury? Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess like talking about my own space now, um, when people come in with their care plan and, and yep, five sessions, cool. It's awesome that that is available to us as a rebated session super supportive of that as a system but often that is coming with some chronic long-term issues and so often in that first meeting we're talking about all of the things that they've tried and all of the things that haven't really helped them so far and so often then one of my first questions is we've had this for a while realistically do we think we're going to fix this in five sessions and yes. yes we do <laughs> yes we do well you know we, we can hope but mm-hmm. but then I then it's kind of my job to be like well I, I don't think so yeah yeah we're probably gonna need more so I guess that's an opportunity to open up a discussion around realistic expectations because if we had a magic pill and a magic wand we would all be waving it and chronic pain would no longer be a problem but that's just not the reality that mm-hmm. we live in unfortunately yeah um, what are some of the questions that you ask then to help your patient come to this realization that you know what, it's not going to come. It's not just, there's, there's no magic wand. They are going to have to put in some of the work. Mm. Yeah. Questions around, um, yeah. What have you tried before? Why do you think that hasn't worked before? Or what have you tried before that you did find helpful that we could start to bring more into of the plan? Um, Questions around sort of tissue healing time as well, but then also starting to ask questions around, so if we're past that and we're still having problems, what else might also be contributing to this loop that we're in of pain? What are some of the things that often come up? after that last question? Um, There's sort of maybe two spectrums of people that I get some that are already into that sort of thought process and discussion and they'll bring up things like stress at work. Um, I'm not able to modify the activities that I've got. I've got kids. I've got to pick up my kids. Like, am I supposed to just stop doing that? So lots of things around things in their life that they feel that they can't alter or change at the moment, Um, like hours at work, travel time, um, family responsibilities. And then I guess like the flip side of that is some people, maybe I'm the first person or to ask them a a question like that. I'm like, well, I don't know. My ankle hurts. There's something wrong with my ankle, obviously. So, um, but but some people are, are well already into thinking about what is it about the broader spectrum of my life that might be contributing to this long-term pain situation. And so when we look at that broader aspect and, you know, the life stuff, like you said, if you're a parent, you've got children, if you've got a physical job, if you're, self, if, if you're a self-employed labourer, you just can't switch off, oh, I'm going to, you know, reduce Correct. myself to light duties. Like the work Correct. needs to be done. Correct. How can we start to, in, you know, how can we start to have the conversation and in, increase the conversation, make the conversation less stressful, less shame-ridden. 
mm-hmm. um, to how the, the individual healing journey is supposed to go. Yeah. Yes, like a lot of the stuff that I'm sort of learning from my own PD at the moment is um, around sort of like values-based care and really trying to find out what is important to this person mm-hmm. in front of me. And then trying to explore any small step towards that value. Um, so I think sometimes we think in like these absolutes, like pain, no pain. Mm-hmm. Like I'm well or I'm not well. Um, and we don't really like account for A, the, like, the ups and downs that we can have across a lifespan and across a condition, um, but also like the spectrum. Like sometimes, yeah, you've got pain, but you can still function. Other times it might be so debilitating that we can't do what we need to do today. So I think, yeah, opening up, I guess, our curiosity, starting to look at it from a curious place of like, what is the pattern here? And how can I keep my, my values and the things that are important to me in my mind and just every, every day just take a little step, even if it's a very small step, towards something in those values-based goals. Do you often find that people are comparing themselves to a past version of themselves? So <laughs> the video is not going to so say Alice is like, oh, my God, yes, right now. Um, I have a... I have a funny story to tell you about this. Please share the funny story. <laughs> so I hosted um, like an online, um, I guess, like discussion workshop around around this sort of like values-based goal setting. Um, and there was some people that I knew on the call, some people that I didn't know on the call. But my mum and my nan mm-hmm. logged into this call. And... <laughs> Let's so, face it, mum and nan are also going to be listening to this. So, hey, mum. Hey, mum. Hey, nan. But nan, bless her, she was the most challenging person for me on that call. Yes. And nan, again, bless her, like when asking her about like what she wants, I just want the body that I had when I was younger. But you can't give that to me. So what are we doing here? <laughs> That's 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 true then I I can't do that I I cannot do that (laughs) so maybe we could explore some other things (laughs) the the accidentally mute I'm really sorry now we're having some technical difficulties Yeah. yeah but it was a good lesson for me about like okay how do I sit with the discomfort of like this um Mm -hmm like clear opposition, just like so not on board mm-hmm. with what I was saying and from a family member as well. <laughs> yeah. But we have that in injury rehab too, right? Like this, no, I'm not doing that. And it's a blanket no. And you and I know that if it was like their rehab is just on the other side of that resistance. So it's like popping up everywhere. Yeah. And I guess like there's I like two sort of things to say about that. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I feel like that's an opportunity to be like, why? What is it about this that is bringing, like what feelings, emotions, thoughts are coming up for you that's making you push this away? Can we explore that a little bit? Or like if, if it's just their resistance and, and that's in line with their values, then it's kind of like our job to be like, mm, you said you wanted to do this, mm. but now here's the action ready for you, like to sort of challenge them a little bit. But yeah. I feel like if we only challenge and we never open up space to be like, what is happening for you in this moment that's 
making you push against this, then I feel like we're missing like a really important part of understanding their experience. Absolutely. And I think that's all part of the journey in becoming a good physio and becoming a good coach is, you know, it was your advantage that you got to, that you took the initiative to start teaching Pilates at the very beginning of your degree. So you got to witness how people react and respond and build their lives around their rehab. Um, And so, yeah, it really takes a good physio to be able to nurture the human being and the rehab plan and join them together as opposed to just going, here's your exercises. See you in a week's time. Totally. (laughs) So can we talk a little bit about actual, like the physical injury? You know, if we've got tissue damage, joint damage, um, nerve damage is can you give a set time frame and go hey cool this is going to take about six weeks before you're doing that activity again yeah so like an acute injury mm-hmm. um like a recent injury we definitely can give sort of general frameworks and general guidelines around expected tissue healing times um and this came up recently again in sort of a mentor session with my mentor, um, because even as a physio, sometimes I'm like, oh, yep, better go back and just like refresh that because they're not getting well enough, quick enough. Like I'm feeling the pressure to also um, help them heal as quickly as possible. But our body doesn't run on the same timeline <laughs> as our goal sometimes. Um, but, and yeah remembering those sort of those general tissue healing times can be helpful when things are taking longer than necessary and I feel like sometimes something like a broken bone is kind of like easier to be like yeah that takes six weeks to heal and 12 weeks to get strong I've got to have a cast for a while there's like that visual reminder oh yeah Mm -hmm. I'm injured that's right that's going to take a while but I feel like sometimes the things that don't have like a visual um, intervention like that, mm-hmm. then you can kind of for- almost not forget about it. But I think sort of one of two things happens. Sometimes like the pain is staying longer than we want it to because we forget that things take time to heal. Or the flip side of that is sometimes the pain goes away really quickly. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, we're all better. But we, have, <laughs> we haven't given the tissues long enough to get strong to to cope with the demands of whatever it is that we're doing with our bodies so how come you know obviously if the pain's there it's a pretty solid reminder that we proceed with caution when the pain starts to go away or not even the pain goes away but our need to be returning to activity gets stronger and stronger how can we remind ourselves that basically our body's in charge um, I, th- I think that's where like allied health play a really big role mm-hmm. in, in helping to support the plan and to keep things not in check, but just little gentle reminders and, and check-ins. Um, I think also as well, like our body will tell us, yep. <laughs> like um, if we overdo it, sometimes there'll be some visual sign, like there'll be some increased swelling or something, or it'll it'll hurt again. Um, There'll be some redness. So sometimes there is some like physiological visual signals that your body's like, "Mm, no, shouldn't have started writing just yet. Thanks so much though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but as well, sometimes that's what the rehab plan is for um, to be like, okay, this is what we know about our body.
like, did you not think to mention that <laughs> when we talked about health conditions in the first session? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, but I'm better now. Okay, cool. Um, so what about um, degenerative ish, uh, conditions? So things like MS, how can we prepare our movement, our rehab plans, our families for what's to come? Yeah. I think an, an understanding and I'll use the word acceptance, but I don't mean that as in like a giving in situation. I just mm-hmm. mean like a, like a clarity of the situation um, and the fact that things may get may or will get worse as the years go on. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a realistic viewpoint of things is very helpful <laughs> for all involved. But also taking regular measures, like actually assessing what is my strength like? What is my balance like? What are the things that I'm struggling with at the moment? Um, and having a clear picture of, of how that's affecting your everyday life. Like what are the things that I'm struggling to interact with at the moment? And bringing that with you to your sessions so that we can assess properly so that then we can actually plan properly and really target those things effectively so that we might not be able to stave off the progression of a disease, but we sure can optimise the function that we've got um, and we can help build a life or help this person build a life that is meaningful and valuable to them Mm -hmm. and try to help them keep doing the things that they love doing for as long as they can. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Um, Yeah. Again, I feel like values-based treatment in any sort of aspect is still relatively new and green, Um, Mm. but it's such a vital part of anyone's rehab or anyone's progression um and so yeah even exploring that as an individual and what that means for you is huge yeah I found um sort of I guess learning about it and starting to implement it more I've actually found it like quite freeing Mm -hmm. as a clinician almost like like less pressure for me like sort of that understanding of like I'm bringing to the table my knowledge and experience and problem-solving skills, but you, the client, the patient, are also bringing everything about your life to the table. So it's very much this meeting in the middle versus you, the patient, coming with a problem and it's only up to me to fix it, mm-hmm. which, like, seems it's like... a dance, that, right? That, like, yeah, that's an impossible job <laughs> because, like, it's your, like, we have, to, we have to be a partnership for sure. Yeah. What are your values? My values are core ones at the moment, learning, mm-hmm. movement, um, compassion. Mm-hmm. And how do they show up in your day-to-day life? Um, I feel like movement's pretty self-explanatory. I'm always like, you, you probably noticed me, I'm like always <laughs> like, rocking around. Um, and like I've built a life where my training sessions and my movement sessions are a priority to me. Um, so I try to model that for my clients as well as well as, well as people around me. Learning, yeah, I'm a big, 
been waving the nerd flag with pride for a long time now. <laughs> so um, just always trying to expand knowledge for myself because it's fun to know new things, but also to, <laughs> to try to build knowledge to help my clients. And then compassion is one that I feel like it's, for me, it's easier to be compassionate to others than it is to be compassionate to myself. And so building the skill of being compassionate to myself is something that I am continuing to, to try to, or continuing to practice, not yeah. try to practice. I'm practicing that. Yeah. So what yeah. does that look like for you today? How are you going to show yourself compassion today? I allowed myself a sleep in with my husband. He had the morning off. So got to not set an alarm and just chill and have a coffee and a snuggle. Um, yeah, it was the best. So good. And then, yeah, didn't try to get up early and get work done. Yeah. Like, no, no, I can do that work afterwards. This yeah. is a, a moment that we can spend together. And then, yeah, even like before this uh, podcast, I was like all, these e- like, all these emails and phone calls are coming through. And I was like, no, no, no. It's not up to me to sort of meet them because they've been late. I can deal with that afterwards. It's important to me that I come to this chat with Mel fresh and present. So I'm not yep. going to just fucking bang out emails <laughs> right up until the last second. <laughs> All of a sudden we're talking about someone's rehab plan and I'm like, wait, who's Greg? What? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, confidentiality. <laughs> um, but you know, you and I were talking last night in our, so Alex and I are in the same business membership creator club. And we were talking in our session last night about how like learning and education, for example, is one of your values, but how that shows up sometimes how we don't expect it. We can get really frustrating because we can't see where that value is showing up. Um, But so what does that look like for you sort of since coming back to Australia? Yeah. I think we chatted yesterday about how, Mm. you know, we've, we've both been, learning to run a business mm-hmm. um so i started this business in this form in july 2020 oh mm-hmm. it's actually our two-year birthday tomorrow um, happy birthday, birthday <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> um so yeah i started this business in july 2020 and then i feel like the last two years have been like the pd the professional development has been how the hell do i run a business <laughs> so, <laughs> so like it's been a huge amount of learning yeah so again, sort of that choosing compassion to myself to be like, okay, so you haven't done a lot of PD courses, but I did find a mentor. I like, I found a physio mentor and I've got my Pilates mentor. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I can ease up on myself a little bit because you have still been doing like monthly mentoring sessions. (laughs) But, but even that, right. I was like, oh, I haven't gone to any courses. So just Mm -hmm. like reframing um, how I learn. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like a bit of a barrier to starting this business as well, right? I was like, yeah. oh, but I need to be with a senior so that I can keep learning. Yeah. But, well, actually, I'm a pretty resourceful, capable woman. Like, I can... <laughs> Say it louder, up- please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> resourceful, capable woman. Um, I can find ways to learn without having a senior in the building with me. So it's been really fun. Like, you know, my mentor, um, Laura, she's a UK physio based in Amsterdam that I found like through socials and she's amazing. Um, so like, it's just kind of just expanding the search field for what does learning mean? Like, where do I get my learning from? Yeah. I love that. And yeah. it's something that I use with my girls as well as that, you know, we're such, we live in such a structured environment 
what happens when we do broaden that scope and it's the same with our rehab it's the same with our healing like it's not just a set of guidelines it is a human being standing in front of us with values um I have a couple of little fun questions to finish off if that's okay oh let's do it let's do it okay what is something people assume about you Oh, that I always love to be around people. <gasps> so, were you talking uh, about this last night too? We were not. Oh, this oh. is a, definitely a conversation I've had in the last 24 hours. Oh, you, you work go. with people, so you must love w- people. Well, I work with people. I'm very, like, I'm quite bubbly mm-hmm. and energetic at work um, and socially. I love to dance, love to get around it. And then I really, really need some alone time. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, uh, my husband's gotten very good at being like, do you want to chat or do you want to be left alone? And if it's like, I want to be left alone, he'll be like, okay, cool. Call me when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think some people assume that I'm just always like keen to be around others, but I definitely need a solo refresh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my email to our business coach this weekend or this on Monday. He was like, how was your weekend? How's your week going? And I'm like, yep, I had 36 hours without face-to-face contact and I feel great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, Laura, my business mentor, she takes the last week of every month off contact hours. So every week she has a whole week of no contact. I'm sorry, every month she has a whole week of no contact. <gasps> Look, I'm like... I'm trying to plan it around my cycle at the moment where I literally put into my diary. Yeah. This is, you know, the last day slash first day of my bleed, no appointments, no nothing. Um, just to be, I literally just did that two days ago. Yeah. Looked ahead at the next month and just like, yep, block that whole day out. You're not going to want to see anyone. anyone Well, and the reality of it is like we're business owners, right? So if there is some energy and momentum there, we're going to put the energy into a project that, needs creating but if it's not there we get to go and rejuvenate so that we can then give the best to our clients in 48 hours time (laughs) a A little bit of (laughs) (laughs) yes um it's so funny my mom is a an accountant so here we are you know 30th of june and she's like in it um and on the weekend I told her the same thing I'm like yeah I just you know haven't done anything today she's like sometimes we need those days I'm like do we mom <laughs> how is that coming along for you and she's yeah. like do as I say not as I do yeah yeah when was the last time you yeah. had a, a lone day mom <laughs> the takeaway from this podcast is we don't treat family members <laughs> <laughs> actually my mum is one of like my star Pilates. Ooh. She's like, yep, she she went through a process, she told mm-hmm. me, of realizing that she had to not look at me as Alex's daughter in the session. She mm-hmm. had to come in and be like, Yep, this is Alex professional. Mm-hmm. And once she'd figured that out, she's a gun. She's like, hey, we need to interview mum as well. You found the <laughs> exception to the rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how do you recognize when you're stressed? Oh, um, I lose my appetite. Mm-hmm. I get super snappy. Because mm-hmm. you're hungry. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all coming together. Ah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I, my comp- I'm less compassionate. To mm-hmm. my... I've lost her. 
sorry, my phone just rang. Um, so when that happens, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yep, something needs to drop off my plate. Yeah. If I, if I can't bring that part of me to work or yeah. to my relationships with others. Yeah. Who notices first, you or your husband? Uh, <laughs> I think we, we notice it at the same time, but he calls it out. And I'm like, no, I wasn't even. <laughs> and then half an hour later, like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you were right. Uh, you were right. I just, give me a snack I just, now. I just had some dinner and now I feel better. Yeah. The things I said while I was hungry. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, this one's going to take a minute, okay? Or it might not. Okay. If you were to sing karaoke right now, what would your song be? Well, given that it's our second year anniversary, it would be <sighs> Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday. Stevie Wonder version. I was going to, that was my next question. Who's singing? Well, yeah, you're obviously singing. Um, for those of you who can't see, there's also Alex just a little dance for us as well. So all of her came out in that moment. Clearly, movement is part of her values. You can tell when I eat something delicious because I'll go like this. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> or like the opposite when I haven't eaten and I'm like finally eating again. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I literally just sit here like sway side to side. <laughs> Um, I had a housemate living with me for a little while over like 20, the 2021 stuff. And, um, he literally used to sit there and watch me take the first bite of my meal (laughs) because he knew like how good it was going to be, like what level of like, (laughs) based on my reaction of the first bite. I'm like, oh, thanks pal. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, anything else? No, I think just like taking on the, um, I don't have it on, but my brother's got a part of his thing is, um, I guess the compassion, the teachers would choose kind. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, like a big message of us in this building is to choose kind to yourself. Yeah. As well as to others. And that that is so true when dealing with pain and discomfort. Mm-hmm. So I think we had that conversation in one of my earlier episodes that, you know, people just think choose kind is like really only if something negative is happening or something we're perceiving negative to happen or a bad situation, just choose kind and choosing kind, like you just said, starts with us. It starts with showing ourselves compassion, showing ourselves understanding, getting educated on certain things. And if we were all to show ourselves a little bit of kindness, I honestly think that, that's a flow on effect. It's not about choosing kindness when you're feeling bullied or challenged. It's yeah. Agreed. In all of yeah. the situations. Agreed. Um, so is that the coffee shop attached to your brother's gym? That's all part of the one. Yeah. Those jumpers look really cool as well. Yeah. So we have, yeah. um, so we're in a big warehouse mm-hmm. and downstairs is the gym, the athlete X, which is run mm-hmm. by my brother, Mel. And then there's a cafe, which is run by my sister-in-law, Caitlin, his wife, mm-hmm. called The Kind Life & Co. And then we're upstairs, um, AOK Keep Moving. So we've got a studio, a consult room, and then we get to use the big gym space for rehab downstairs as well. Side note, my best friend and I are Mel and Caitlin. So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're already patent that, okay? <laughs> um, where are you? Though. We are in Gibra Lake. 
which is about 15 minutes from Fremantle in Western Australia. So is that south of Perth? Sure is. Cool. South of the river. Um, I only know like the Scarborough area. Yeah, um, not close to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've got beautiful beaches down here as well. So our close I've beach heard. Beach. Mm-hmm. It's the best. <laughs> I'll tell you that story <laughs> off my podcast. <laughs> um, where can we find you electronically and why would people reach out to you? So I'm pretty active on Instagram, but if you, which is at AOK underscore keep moving. But my website, aokkeepmoving.com, has got um, a couple of free downloads on there. So there's one which is some like a holistic guide for living with persistent pain. And then there's also one for movement teachers about how to help people um, keep moving within a session, strategies to help them work around or work through pain within that session while staying in your scope of practice. So there's two free downloads on the website as well. So in terms like you're talking like personal trainers and just yeah. people that are moving like yeah, working through movements with people, not necessarily physios. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So it's it's um, actually aimed at Pilates teachers, but would mm-hmm. be totally appropriate for anybody that takes people through a movement session, PTs, yoga teachers, etc. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you so much for jumping on today. Oh, no worries. Thank you so much for inviting me. I know. Um, like we just said, go and check out Alex's website or her social media. She also has a super cute dog. Yeah. Um, that you have to go and <laughs> electronically boop its nose on Instagram. <laughs> Nala, she's the best. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. <laughs>